Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rugby With Pads podcast. I'd like to start off by thanking all of you listening right now and any of you who listened to week one of this podcast. It's a real passion project for me, and it's something that's really outside of my comfort zone. Right now, I'm incredibly nervous just talking in an empty room to a microphone and a PC in front of me with a script that I've kind of half written. So I really appreciate that you guys are spending the time to just listen to me ramble a little bit about fancy football and the game that we hopefully all love. This week, I've taken on some of your feedback. To those of you who listened to all the way through and didn't have your ears bleeding, thanks to my really poor audio setup, I've tried to invest in a little bit of a better setup with a pop mic and an actual stand. Hopefully this next week and moving forwards, we'll have a bit more content to talk about. I've got stacked up before the season starts. And when we get into the regular season, I'll have a bit of a more regular cadence for you guys to get your teeth into. But for now, I just want to say thank you for being here. Today, I'm going to be talking about a fancy one-on-one and doing a bit of a glossary around it. So the key terms and subjects you're going to be talking about all season. I'm going to assume that the base level of real life football knowledge, because I'll be talking about positions and the concepts of scoring, like moving the ball, first downs. If not, there's some great YouTube stuff out there. The BBC do a great 101 for American football. I think it's actually moved to ITV this year, but you'll find it on YouTube nonetheless. I may well do an American football 101 at some point, but for now, I just hope this helps you out on your fancy journey this season. Now, I'm going to do this in a glossary format because it was the way it was explained to me all those years ago. And I'll start off with one of the terms you'll hear quite a lot at the moment, the draft. The draft is where you get all your players in a traditional redraft format, i.e. one where you draft again every year. Typically, you take it in turns in a snake fashion to build your starting roster. Where you draft from, i.e. the position 1, 2, 7, 8, 12, is determined either randomly by previous year's position, going backwards from who won, or by another competition outside of the fantasy decided by your commissioner, the guy in charge of the league. Some leagues forgo this approach and do a salary auction, but we won't deal with that. After all, this is a one-on-one. Now, you build your roster. What's a roster? A roster is your team. Each week, your roster can change, but it will always need to consist of the same types of players each week. A standard NFL fantasy league team will need one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex position on offense. That's all your skill positions. You'll also need defense and special teams. That's the same thing. You draft a team, not a player, and a kicker. Over the next few glossary items, I'll go over what those positions mean to fantasy football compared to the real-life counterparts and why you should think they're important and hopefully give you something to think about in your draft. Now, let's start out with your QB. Just like in the real game, they're probably the most important player. In most formats, they'll be the highest scoring player on the virtual gridiron. For every throw they complete, they'll score points depending on the number of yards. Typically, it's one point per 25 yards thrown successfully. They'll score four points for a touchdown. And if you're lucky to have a mobile quarterback, they'll get extra points for running and scoring running TDs. With great power, though, comes great responsibility. A throwing an interception will be minus two points. If they fumble it, it'll be minus two. And a sack where they get hit or tackled behind the line of scrimmage, will be negative one points. In some formats, these points do change, with players getting extra points from multiple TDs or first downs or completion percentages. But 
regardless, they remain the heartbeat for your team and will probably be the highest scoring player. Some leagues will even play with two, making them even more important. It's always good to remember what type of league you're playing in. There are, after all, 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. In most formats, this means there will be someone available if you're struggling with injury or poor play. Wide receivers. The QB has got to throw to someone, <laughs> so this will be where most of your touchdowns will come from. And in some formats, where most of your points outside of the QB position will come from too. They'll score one point per 10 yards successfully made, with six points scored for every touchdown caught. More recently, PPR formats, otherwise known as points per reception, have become increasingly popular. In these formats, when a player counts the ball, they gain points just for completing it, on top of the points for the touchdown and yards. Make sure you know your league, as in PPR formats, more players become more valuable. There are players who you might not even look at in a standard format who become valuable as high-volume, low-yardage players, and they can add a lot to your team. Now, running back. NFL teams don't just throw it more. In fact, nearly half the time they run it. Running the ball is incredibly important as it helps control the flow of the game. Running back score in a similar way with one point scored per 10 yards, but can also catch the ball, gaining points in the same way that wide receivers do. Ball-catching running backs are therefore very important, and the reason why players like Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor will typically go one and two in drafts. In PPR, these players' values shoot up a huge amount. Typically, most players will play with one main back, meaning they're really good players and they're limited. And there's a massive drop-off from the elite pass-catching running backs with great efficiencies to players you just have to have to fill up the space. This is why running backs go early in drafts, tight ends. Tight ends are like big-bodied receivers with a whole lot more work to do. In the real game, they have to block, protect, and generally don't get thanked. They score in the same way as receivers, but in some leagues, to reward them, you get extra points for all the hard job they have to do. Tight end premium leagues can be anything from double the points per reception to additional points for multiple catches. Tight ends are often a safety net for quarterbacks, playing close to the line and not tending to get upfield for long plays. There are, of course, exceptions. There are, of course, exceptions. Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller are more like wide receivers than anything else in the modern game. But these elite players are few and very far between. Drafting an elite tight end early may well hamper your team elsewhere, and again, I'll go over a lot of that next week. But if you're willing to take the risk, some could pay off, with some tight ends actually being the number one receiver for that team. Now, onto the flex. The flex position is exactly that, flexible. Normally, you can pick any wide receiver, running back, or in some leagues, tight end to complete your roster. On any given week, it may change depending on who's available, who's hot, who's not, and who's projected to give you the win. Quite often, matchups are won or lost based on the decision in the flex position. It's where you have the most options and you will probably worry the most as well. So make sure you spend some time thinking about that each week. Defense. Unlike offense, you're not picking skill positions. You pick an entire team for you. So you'll pick the Colts, the Browns, the Rams. They'll score points based on the number of real-life points conceded, and these can actually go negative, or for the yards against them. But they will score points in the positive for interceptions, sacks, fumbles, and touchdowns, both on defense and special teams, so kick and punt returns. 
some advanced teams will actually have you pick individual defensive players, just like you do in skill positions for offense. But that's not something I'll cover this year as that's way too scary for me and not something I'm willing to learn in the next couple of weeks. Now, finally, kickers. What can I say about pick kickers? Maligned by many, but still a common sight in most leagues. Kickers will score you one point after touchdowns, and if they get a field goal, three points. Many leagues, though, have done away with kickers due to the inconsistent nature of play and the focus on offense. But my recommendation, if you're held to draft one, is to pair one with an offensive player you think is going to do well and stack those points. Now, what's a stack? A stack is two or more players which complement each other and score points alongside. The common ones you see are QBs and wide receivers, meaning a single TD thrown could score you 10 plus points. In the same fashion, QB and tight end or QB and running back is often popular. And for some, running back and wide receiver can be popular as well. If you want to secure all the points your team is likely to get in a blowout. Now, on to bench. The bench is your subs. Your subs aren't like subs in football. Here, you can't sub them in live. But these six to eight spots will typically form your roster rotation each week. Meaning players who are injured or on a bye where they have a rest week can be subbed out and replaced by someone almost as good before the game week starts. Your bench is always important and you should be looking to make use of them and the players on your waiver wire. Now, what's the waiver wire, you might ask? Every player who isn't on a roster will be available on the waiver wire. Most players will be subject to the waiver, a system meant to mimic the real-life system of priority. Remember, to earn players, you will also have to drop them as the size of your roster is finite for the most part. The worst team each week will have effectively the best choice and the first choice of available players, with priority then going down. Most leagues will have at least one waiver window, where teams aim to get the best available player for any given week. If a player has already been selected, the next pick goes through until all the claims are used up in that order. It's a complex system which will help you navigate as the season goes on. Some leagues, including one that I'm commissioner of, will have a system called FAP, or Free Agent Adbucks, where teams actually bid from a pot of available salary throughout the year to make their team better during the waiver window. Normally, if players don't get picked, they'll go into free agency. Now, free agency is chaos. It's a free-for-all. Any players who aren't available for grabs are first come, first served. Typically, you're not competing for elite players in this, but if you have an injury, or your opponent does, you forget to set your lineup or something else goes wrong, it helps you ensure that you have a legal roster each week and you can compete for that win. Remember, anything can happen. It's incredibly important and putting players in from free agency can really help your lineup and help you rack up those wins. Now, the final way to change your team around is trades. You can trade with your league mates to look to mutually benefit both of your teams. Let's say you have four great wide receivers, but a bad team in. You're in a difficult position. You can only play two. So why not trade one away to a team who needs it and has a surplus of something you need? Say, I'll take that QB off your hand. It's harder than that in reality, as no one really wants to give an inch, but a good trade can shake up a league and increase your team's chances of winning. Now, how does this all work in actual reality? Your lineup is the players who are going to go out and score for you each week. Your bench players' points won't count each week, so you're setting your active lineup. This is key to making sure you have the best possible score. You can normally set your lineup before any game starts. Some people like to set their lineups early, some will tinker up till right before each game. Once a game starts, a player is locked to either the active lineup or bench. 
So don't get caught short and make sure to check it and check it again. Now, finally, IR or injured reserved. It's a final part of your team. Just like in real life, a player is injured, you can move them to injured reserve, they don't take up a roster spot and you can add a replacement without dropping them. Some leagues will also allow for players who are suspended, players who are just out, or those on the PUP, which is the physically unable to perform list, to be put on those IR slots. But uh, they're normally limited, so make sure you know what you're doing with them. Now, that's great. We set a lineup, we know how it all works, but how do you actually play? Normally, we refer to matchups. Fancy football is a one on one, head to head weekly game. You'll play against another player in your league, normally playing F1 at least once in the regular season. Winning a matchup is easy on paper. Score more points than the other guy. It doesn't matter if you score the most or second least points in your league that week. You just need to best your opponent that week. Matchups aren't just one on the virtual field, though. Make sure to make most of the real life competition. Mind games, side bets, throwing out random trade offers, mini competitions, they're all encouraged. Anything to help you get an edge, psychologically, that is. How you play a matchup will determine what kind of fancy football player you're going to be or that you want to be. Now, the regular season. The regular season will normally be 14 to 15 games long. Each week, your fancy team will score points based on their real-life matchups in the NFL. You'll play the other teams in your league based upon a predetermined schedule. Your regular season records, your wins and losses, will help rank you against your opponents and ultimately determine whether you make it into the playoffs. Playoffs. Normally played between weeks 15 and 17, because friends don't let friends play in week 18, and I'll get onto that in another episode, the best teams go through the knockout rounds each week to reach the final. If your record is good enough, you'll make it. If it's not, you'll be playing for the last place and the shame that goes with it. The matchups are still week by week, one-on-one, head-to-head. The two teams that make it through unbeaten will make it to the final, the fantasy Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, or whatever you call it in your league, will determine the bragging rights for next year. The final is everything you've built towards all season, and it's my aim to give you the best chance of making it. In my six years playing, I've made four and won four. Granted, they were all last year, and if you want to listen to that story, go back to episode one. But either way, I've tasted it, and I want to make it again. And I'd like you to as well. Unless that is your elite mate of mine, and you're listening for tips, you can go away now. <laughs> but that's it. That was your fancy 101 glossary. Next week, I'll talk draft strategy for this year, and I'll probably take on a mock draft in the episode afterwards for my real-life home league. So if you are listening from my league and want to get some tips on what I'm thinking, please do listen in. I'll try not to double bluff you. I really hope you've enjoyed this week, and it gives you some tools and some things to think about that maybe you hadn't thought about already. Again, I'd like to thank you if you've made it this far. I am incredibly nervous doing this. I'm not a great public speaker, and even though I'm sitting in my lounge right now, facing in front of the computer, head in the microphone, it's incredibly nerve-wracking talking to you. This is why I've written this in a semi-script format, just to give myself a bit of help. But uh, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this, whether it's been 20 minutes, half an hour, I don't know how it's going to look like in the edit, but I really do appreciate you staying on this long. I tried to do this in one take before, got all the way to the end and realized I hadn't pressed record properly. So lesson learned there. If you have listened to this far, please do get in touch with me on the socials. I'm at Rugby with Pads on Twitter, or you can get in touch with me on email, rugbywithpads at gmail.com. With any thoughts, suggestions, or comments, or just to 
you know, send me a gif or something funny. Like, comment, subscribe, and follow all that good stuff. You can give me a thumbs up, five stars. It'll help a fledgling podcast. But until next time, I'll see you on the virtual gridiron.